Hey, welcome to episode 72 of Unfiltered. I'm kind of sick, which is why I'm going to sound a little congested, but nevertheless, here I am. Um, I just had the scariest experience of my life. I, so basically at Oxford, I am on the third floor and I leave my window open because I, it's just so hot. And I need, like, I cannot fall asleep if I'm sweating. So I leave the window open all the time, which is part of the reason why I'm sick, I think, because I've been breathing in cold air every night. And that's what they tell you not to do. But I leave my window open. And just now, there was a pigeon that flew onto my balcony. And it was, like, it was about to come into my room. Like, it was... This pigeon was sitting on my windowsill staring at me and my window was wide open and I was staring back at the pigeon and I genuinely had a moment of panic because I did not know what to do. Like, what do you even do in that moment? Like, let's say this pigeon comes into my room. What am I supposed to do? Like, I I panicked and I stared at this pigeon and this pigeon stared back at me and I thought through all the scenarios and I was like, okay, if the pigeon comes into my room... I'm not going to try to chase it because I don't want to get attacked and I also don't want to get a disease. What I'm going to do is I'm going to leave my room and pray that when I come back, it's gone. Or I could either, I could do that or I could try to scare it into leaving my room. But then that's also really tough. So I thought about it. I thought about it for like two seconds and then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stand here. And then the pigeon eventually flew away. But anyway, that was really scary. So I'm here to tell you that I survived and I'm kind of in a weird mood now because that was just such a strange encounter. Anyway, um, today, (laughs) today I am talking about perfectionism and the pressure to overachieve. And I'm going to start the episode, um, by explaining why this topic came to mind because I originally was going to do a different topic but then I had this experience um, this past week and it made me think about this whole idea of perfectionism and how a lot of times there's this ongoing pressure to just be really good at everything you do and to also do a lot of things to be super well-rounded and it's not realistic um, and I've been feeling it a lot and I also want to talk about kind of my childhood and how I grew up as a very perfectionist child um, and also how I've kind of emerged from that um, and overcome it because it's it was a very detrimental mindset to have. So I hope you guys I hope some of you, well, I don't hope you can relate because it does kind of suck, but I also hope that you can resonate with it a little bit. Um, my favorite of this week is a podcast called Morbid, which is along the lines of true crime. Um, and it's a really interesting podcast where essentially the hosts um, talk about specific cases in crime and history and really break it down and explain how it happens and I like it because it's also kind of there's a psychological aspect to it and so they kind of explain like the reasoning behind why this person committed this crime and they like really dive into it and it's 
it's really interesting it is a little freaky so i would say don't listen to it at night or if you're in a scared state of mind already um because that will it will keep you up but it's been interesting to listen to it as i'm like walking around or like cleaning my room something like that um my low moment of this week is being sick i just i don't know what it is with me but every time i get into finals period like nine times out of ten I get some sort of sickness sometimes it's worse than others but I am in my last week here at Oxford and so it's finals week and I also have essays due and my body decided to just break um it's not bad like it could be a lot worse but it does suck because I think the worst part about being sick is the brain fog and I feel like I'm not fully present and I like it's been hard for me to focus. It's also been hot recently and I find that when it's hot, I don't focus as well. So I've kind of just been all over the place. My mind is a little foggy right now. I'm honestly even surprised I'm able to do this podcast episode because I feel like what I'm saying is not even making sense. Anyway, whatever. Sick. Um, and I have exams. I actually have an exam tomorrow. So that's that's really fun. Um, also, I realized today that my handwriting has gotten so much worse and I my handwriting is naturally really bad like in high school my teachers would always tell me that they needed to reserve like an extra 30 minutes to read my essays because my handwriting was so bad um and every time we would peer grade like people would purposely not want to read mine <laughs> they wouldn't want to grade my papers because my handwriting was so hard to understand so it already started off really bad, but I realized that I haven't been writing, handwriting that much. Like I, I type a lot. I type all of my notes pretty much. Um, the only thing that I handwrite are journal entries, but when I, when I journal, I write in cursive. So I haven't been writing in print. I actually haven't written in print in probably like a year. Like I don't, I don't write in print anymore. And so today I wrote in print for the first time because I have these handwritten essay or these handwritten exams tomorrow. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna see how my handwriting is. And it was god awful. Like, if you follow my private story on Instagram, you would have seen what we're dealing with. But it's just it's bad. Like I and it's not even like I try, I try to make it better. Even if I write slower, it just it's horrible. So I am a little nervous for tomorrow. Um hoping my handwriting pulls through, hoping I hoping that the professor will be able to read my essays um anyway um let's move on to my highlights we're gonna pretend like i'm recording this at the end of this week <laughs> because technically some of these things haven't happened yet because i am recording this in the middle of the week but anyway because it's my last week um we had our last formal dinner on friday well we're going to have our last formal dinner on friday and i've talked about these before but they're just these dinners where you dress up really fancy and you go and you sit in this really pretty room and they they serve you a three-course meal and bottomless drinks and it's just a good time you can take pictures with your friends and it's the last one so definitely sad about that and then after formal dinner there's a bop which is an oxford term for a party or like a disco um and it's masquerade themed so super fun um and also the program is ending which is not a i would say it's bittersweet um i had an amazing time here i met the most amazing people i really i feel like grew into myself a lot and it's 
crazy to say that because it's been, it hasn't, I mean, six weeks is not even that long, but I feel like I have really recentered my view on time um, because I, I think that prior to coming to this program, like I was really struggling with just, I don't know, making time for myself, um, really slowing down. I feel like I was just so all over the place, but it was nice to come here and be able to have like long periods of time to myself. And I think that was really important and helping me kind of calm down a bit, slow down and also recharge before my junior year. And I'm definitely sad to be leaving this place, sad to be leaving my friends, sad to be leaving Oxford in general. It's such a beautiful city, Um, but there are more things in store for my future, and I'm looking forward to that as well. And I'm just so grateful for the fact that I was able to be here. So I would consider that a highlight. I think that's all I have for my intro. Um, And without further ado, let's get on to the first segment. Okay, I want to explain why I came up with this topic because it actually, (laughs) it's a very specific story and I just feel like it really encapsulates, encapsulates, is that a word? Yeah, it really encapsulates this entire premise of the pressure to overachieve and being a perfectionist. But to make a long story short, I direct this program through the Harvard Pre-Medical Society, and it's called the Physician Mentoring Program. And basically what I have to do is I have to email hundreds of physicians. Like, I don't even know how many emails I've sent in the past month, but hundreds of physicians and recruit them for this mentoring program because what happens is that in the fall, um, we also send out a student application and then students apply to be accepted in this program. And then when they're accepted, we match them with a physician, depending on what they're interested in. And then that gives the student the opportunity to shadow. Anyway, I have to, so in order to prep for directing this program, I have to recruit all these physicians. And I've been sending out all these emails, trying to get everyone to join this program, whatever. I, a big part of this process is searching on the Harvard Catalyst website, um, which basically gives everyone in the Harvard network um, access to people's information. So let's say I'm reaching out to this physician and this physician is teaching at Harvard Medical School and they're also practicing at Brigham and Women's. They're considered to be part of the Harvard network. If I look them up, I can see their email. So that's what I've had to do with each physician, like look them up, see their email, find it, copy, paste, email them, trying to get to, trying to recruit them for this program. But a byproduct of this entire research process is when I look them up, I am able to see pretty much all of their accomplishments. And I'm able to see biographies and I'm able to see papers they've published. I'm able to see their websites. And I kid you not, all of these physicians, they are, okay, they're practicing doctors. They're professors at Harvard Medical School. They have PhDs and MBAs on top of MDs. They've written books. They've given conference talks. They've started nonprofits. They run labs. They have multiple awards and they have families. Like it's, it's crazy how much these people do. And 
my breaking point was when I was sitting in <laughs> the London airport getting ready to go to Paris and I was trying to send out these emails and I came across this one physician who had everything that I just mentioned. I kid you not, like everything. They had a PhD, an MD, and an MBA. And I don't even know how that was possible, but they did. And they also had a lab and they had a book. Like it was, I was looking at this person and I was like, how is this humanly possible? And then all of a sudden I started to panic because I was like, why do I feel like even if I tried, I would not, I wouldn't be able to get a third of these things. Like this seems impossible. This seems ridiculous. How can this person be real? How can it, how can they do all these things and still have a family? I mean, obviously I'm not getting the full picture. Maybe they're not super, they don't get to spend as much time with their family. But bottom line is when you look on paper, this person has everything that you could possibly imagine or most things. And I thought about it and I was like, I need to do this for a split second. I was like, I need, this is what I need. This is what I need to aim for. I need to have all of these things or I am a failure. Obviously I only thought that for two seconds because I quickly snapped back into reality. And I was like, Emily, this is the perfectionist overachieving part of your brain that's speaking to you and you don't need to listen to it and you shouldn't listen to it because this is not what you should strive for. I, so I thought about this moment for a really long time and I was like, why do I feel like the pressure to overachieve is just, it's only growing stronger. Like, it's, it's as if humans, I don't know if I'm making this up, but I feel like humans collectively, like, like as time has gone on, it's just amazing what humans can do. And so I feel like the standard just keeps increasing and increasing and increasing. And like with college applications and admissions too, I remember um, I, I was watching this video about it and someone was saying like back in back in their day, like you just needed to get a good score on the SAT and and also, you know, maybe be in a club or two and, and have decent grades and you're into college. But now it's like, you need to have your own business and you need to already know how to do surgery and you need to like good grades and, and test scores and all these things. Like they're not enough. They don't seem like enough. Like it's, it's kind of, it's almost like a baseline. And I think it's especially with med school too. Like pretty much almost everyone applying to med school, they have good statistics, but you need to, there's such a pressure to do more, but what does more even mean? Because I feel like and maybe it's just specific to my college, but I, I feel like everyone kind of has more. So if we all have more, what else is there to do? Like, I don't know. I had this crisis and I was kind of like, this pressure is just so, it's so strong and it's so awful. And it's, I just, I don't know. It's interesting because I, I think the pressure to overachieve, it's not even just, academically I think it's also socially like there's such a pressure to have all these friends and to be such a social person and and like when you're older there's a pressure to be able to balance having a family with having a career and it's like oh the people who can do both are just so amazing but um like if you can't do both you need to choose one and then you won't be happy I don't know maybe it's just me ranting maybe this is just how I've been perceiving life recently but I thought about that and I was like I am not doing anything right. <laughs> I I don't even know what I want to do. 
anyway, I, after I kind of calmed down a bit in the airport, I thought about it and I was like, you know what? This is not helping me. This is just limiting me. And I think that throughout my life, this kind of tendency to fall into this perfectionist overachieving mindset, while it has brought me to great places, there have been so many times where it's gotten in the way. And I think it's it's been extremely damaging and limiting. And so I want to talk about, you know, this kind of history with perfectionism and overachieving that I have. Um, when I was younger, I was so fragile. <laughs> and what I mean by that is I basically was so, I was very shy. Um, I was that classic kid who like if my parents were like left me alone for a little bit I think I've mentioned this before but if my parents left me alone for a little bit I would cry and like get so worried whereas now I'm the complete opposite like I am barely at home like I, I love being independent um when I was younger I just like couldn't be alone I would cry at piano lessons um when my piano teacher would correct me or when I would mess up like I would cry out of frustration because I was just so upset with myself for not practicing perfectly and for not performing perfectly and like I didn't know how to handle criticism and so when my piano teacher would correct me for something call me out I would cry but I would be embarrassed that I was crying and it was like just such strong evidence of me being such a little perfectionist um I also have this distinct memory oh my goodness from elementary school where I would write on math tests when giving the answer I would write the number like let's say the answer was 16 I would write 16 the number I would spell out 16 like alphabetically <laughs> write the word 16 and then next to it I would do sometimes I would do the tally mark for 16 like that is how much of a perfectionist I was. Like I felt the need to write the answer in three different forms, which that is just not necessary, but I felt the need to do it. I would organize my desk and my room to the T. Like I just distinctly remember organizing my room so specifically and I would organize it like once a month and I would spend hours like rearranging my room. I would also, I took up this table in our living room and I would put all my stuff on this table and I would like rearrange, like I would organize everything on the table like a desk. But then if you looked at the table when I was done, like it looked like a store, like a convenience store. It looked like, it was just insane. Like what I would, I was just so perfectionist about my space. Um, I also would, I would rarely speak up in class when I was younger because I didn't want to be wrong. Like I was so perfectionist that I, I could not face I couldn't even fathom the idea of being wrong and I as a result like I would rarely raise my hand this got a lot better in high school in high school I started to raise my hand more and I was wrong a lot um but in elementary school like I would never raise my hand um I also because I was such a perfectionist when I was younger I would have such strong decision paralysis because I wanted to make sure that I was making the right choice at all times and so I would be so indecisive and I would just I would like stress out about little about little things and that was really bad um and then also this is relating to rarely speaking up in class but I would 
avoid challenges because I wanted to avoid failure because the idea of failure to me was just so daunting. And I think a lot of it is just, I, in my mind, like academic validation was the only thing I had to offer. It was the only thing I had. Like I, I knew that I was good at school and because of that, I rested so much of my identity on it. And it was like, I just remember when I was younger getting, when I would, when it would be the day to get our homework passed back to us, like I would be so excited. Cause I'd be like, I, I would be so excited to see my grades and like get such a rush of validation from that in elementary school. Like this is when grades, I mean, grades don't matter when you're, when you're in elementary school, but I was like so attached to this. I loved the feeling that I got when I saw my grade. And I, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I don't care about my grades anymore. Like I don't get validation from academics anymore. Cause obviously I still do. Um, but I think I've just really come to realize that sometimes, actually a lot of the times, like grades just don't represent who you are. They really don't. I mean, they represent your ability to perform and your ability to answer questions in a way that the professor wants you to answer them, but they really don't reflect your character. They don't reflect your identity. They don't, if you get a quote bad grade, a lot of times like it just it's it still shows up as a number in your transcript but that transcript doesn't tell the full story it doesn't explain how you were having a tough semester because maybe you were going through some stuff mentally or maybe you were going through some stuff with a certain person and so the, the issues that that relationship caused you like affected your ability to be productive it doesn't reflect how maybe you were having trouble sleeping and you you couldn't be as productive because you weren't getting enough sleep and it just doesn't reflect any of that and i I feel like as I've gotten older, like I've experienced how even when you're going through a hard time, like school doesn't stop. You're still going to get a grade no matter what, but your grade is not going to, it doesn't tell the full story. And it, even if you did get that, um, in a stage in your life where you weren't struggling, like it, it doesn't reflect, it doesn't make you any better of a person to get a good grade than a bad grade, in my opinion. And when I was younger, like I, I really thought that this grade that I got, I was, I was like, this is like, I am the person who gets good grades. I, I'm going to get this good grade and I'm going to make people proud and I'm going to make myself proud. And that's my job in life. Um, obviously <laughs> that's not how life works. Um, but when I was younger, that's really what I thought. And I, I would avoid these challenges cause I just didn't want to fail. And I also would apply my high standards to other people. And I really just grew up as a very perfectionist person. And I I think perfectionism is definitely a double-edged sword. I think, I mean, on the one hand, it motivates you to perform at a high level and to also, you know, perform good quality work. Um, my perfectionism as a child definitely pushed me to do well in school and it pushed me to be where I am right now. But... I think the older you get, the more you experience the more you experience the detrimental effects of perfectionism and 
I've realized like it can cause you unnecessary anxiety and it can also cause you to slow down a lot. I when I was in high school, um, my senior fall, I experienced perfectionism with my work constantly. And it was it got to a point where it was so bad that I I needed to take a break. Like I couldn't I couldn't do it anymore. And I what what would happen is I would have an assignment and I would spend so long trying to get this assignment perfected and I almost it's interesting my view of academics at the time I almost viewed school as it was just like I don't know I was like every assignment I do is a reflection of my identity and so because of that I'm gonna try really hard on every assignment and as a result, like, it would take me so long to finish things. And I also would skip out on things because I was like, I need to do this assignment really well. And I, I was a good student. Like, I, I was a very good student my senior year. But looking back, like, I'm realizing I poured myself so much into my academics. And then by the time COVID happened and all of that kind of went away, like, down the drain, I was like, wow, I, like, things like this are so fleeting. It really doesn't matter. And I think the pandemic was a huge, like, a huge factor into changing my perspective on all this and making me realize, like, just what a perfectionist I'd become in regards to school. And I'm really honestly glad that that happened and that shook up my perspective because I still have that tendency of myself to this day, which is why I felt what I felt in the airport, but it's not as strong. Um, And I read this article about perfectionism today and it kind of posed these questions and it made me really think about the whole psychology behind perfectionism and also this societal pressure to overachieve and these questions were how can you harness the positives of your perfectionism while mitigating the negatives what measures or practices can you use to keep your to keep your perfectionism in check and should you enlist the help of others i feel like i have been all over the place with what I'm talking about but I just thought about something in regards to my initial story about the physicians but I think this perfectionism also pervades your life in other ways like um there's a there's a pressure to overachieve when it comes to balancing and it's like if you are have a career but you also have um you also have a family but you also ha- you also work out and you're really healthy but you also um like are very accomplished in this field like you're super like that is the ideal like the ideal person has it all but honestly like it's hard to have it all it really is and i feel like there's such a pressure to do everything and especially at my school like there's such a prof- there's such a pressure to do everything and i don't know why i'm like ranting so much about this i feel like my brain fog and my sickness is really coming out because I don't really know what I've been talking about for the past 30 minutes. But anyway, that's basically my introduction to this podcast. Um, I feel like a lot of it is also getting to a school where everyone kind of has this perfectionist background and this pressure to overachieve um, and realizing like, oh my God, I'm like, everyone feels this. I'm not special. Like everyone feels it. And if we all feel it, then why are we all so stressed all the time? I don't know. Just questions about life. Um, I kind of want to move on to five ways that I've been working on 
this tendency to be super perfectionist um, and how to kind of alleviate this mentally. And I think there's always going to be a pressure to overachieve and you're always going to feel it, especially if you're going into medicine. Like this is this, it's almost like this, it's kind of sad, but it's like this pressure is fuel to keep you going. I mean, obviously you have a passion for medicine and that's going to keep you going, but there's always going to be this like secondary thing that's driving you forward. And a lot of times it is this pressure. Um, So I don't think, I don't know. I, I don't think it's, I don't think I should sit here and be like, how to get rid of this pressure? Because honestly, like it's going to be there. And no matter what I say, I'm always going to be stressed about school to a certain extent. Stressed about myself and my life. And I'm always going to feel this stress. But I guess like rather than trying to explain how to get rid of it, I'm going to explain how to handle it better. Because I think once I kind of change my mindset, this is when these perfectionist tendencies started to fall away a little bit. Um, And I hope these tips help you in some way. The first thing is think about why you are perfectionist. Is it the way you were raised? Is it the teachers who shaped you in school? Is it simply your personality or your character? Are you using this as a compensation for something? Why are you a perfectionist? And I, when I sat down, I thought about this and I was like, maybe it was the way I was raised. Maybe it was the teachers that I've, like, I, I think it's a combination of everything in my case. Like, I, I definitely think there's teachers in high school I had that really solidified this idea of perfectionism. Like, um, I'm just going to do a little story time. I had a teacher in high school who clearly held me to a different standard than, than they held other students to. And I remember, like, having, I normally did really well in this class, but I had such an off day. And, like, an off day to the point where I was just... I was just mentally really unwell and I I didn't, I couldn't study for something for some reason. And I just like, my brain wasn't there. I was like struggling and I did not as well on a quiz as I normally do on assessments. And I, I didn't do poorly. I just, I didn't do as well as this teacher was expecting me to do. And I knew for a fact that if any other student had gotten this grade, this teacher would not have said anything. But I remember this teacher messaged me privately and was told me to come to their room and I, I went and they told me that they were disappointed in me. And they were, they basically told me that I had failed their standards and I wasn't living up to their standards. And I, I just remember breaking down, not in front of them because I would never give them the satisfaction of that. But I just remember going home from school and I was so upset. And I, looking back, I wish I could have told myself to not play into it, but I let that affect me so much. And it really just, played into my perfectionism and I I beat myself up for it and I I really just worked so hard in that class to prove that teacher wrong and I wish I wish I had just ignored that teacher like it's so much easier said than done but I wish I just I wish I hadn't let it get to me and so I thought about it and I was like yeah that teacher was definitely a reason why I am the way I am um I don't know. I think once you've figured out why you have these tendencies, it it helps you better understand how to handle your perfectionism. Because with me, like once I kind of realized that this teacher was a huge reason for why I was like this, I was like, oh, okay. So I tie perfectionism to validation and I, I kind of see like my achievements as something that 
brings me this validation. And once you start, once I started to realize that, I was like, okay, but why do I care so much? Is it because I care about what other people think about me? Is it because I care about respecting authorities and having authorities be proud of me? Like, what is it? Why do I feel this way? So once you realize why you are this way, and you really like think about the root of it, the core of it, I think that helps you better understand how to deal with it. Um, the second thing is look at the big picture. Um, I So when I was looking at these positions and I was like, how do they have so much accomplished? How have they done all of this? And I was looking ahead to my future and I was thinking about all that. I got so overwhelmed and I was like, oh my God, Emily, you have so much more to do. Like you need to study for the MCAT. You need to apply for med school. You need to go to med school. You need to finish med school. You need to do all these things, residency, blah, 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 training. You need to do all this and you need to have a family and you need to figure out where you want to live and you want to figure yourself out. Like I got so overwhelmed because that's like, that's years of your life. And I was trying to think about it all in like two seconds. And I was like, this is so overwhelming. But once I stopped myself and I looked at the big picture, one thing that helped was reflecting on my progress. And I, I looked back on my life and I was like, wait, Emily, you've already come so far. Think about everything you did in high school. Like in high school, I worked my butt off. I did so much. And even now, halfway through college, I've done so much. Like think about all the work that I've, like, I was like, Emily, think about all the work you've done. You've come this far and you obviously didn't do it overnight, but you did it over time. And time is going to pass in the same way. So you're going to have, I don't know if this makes sense, but I was kind of like, as long as you just take it day by day, you're going to get there eventually because you've already gotten to the point where you are now. So I think once you look at the big picture and you kind of reflect on how far you've come, like that's a huge, that definitely dismantled a lot of my fears that I had in that moment where I was like, I need to do all these things. I was like, no, Emily, like you've already done so many things. You're going to do more things, but you don't need to do it all right now. And don't think about it right now because sometimes plans change. You can never account for that in the moment. And Sometimes opportunities come, sometimes they don't come. You can never, like, think life is going to come, and that's that. Um, the next thing is learn how to get comfortable with your mistakes. Once I, honestly, I'm going to say this. I'm not fully there. Like, I, I still don't like the idea of failure. I mean, who does? Who likes failing? Some people, I, I mean, I've never met anyone who genuinely likes failing. Like, some people handle it better than others but most people want to succeed and so I'm not okay like I'm not fully okay with failing but I've learned a lot in the past few years about being comfortable with your mistakes and looking back at my my little elementary school self and my piano lessons where I would cry when I would make a simple mistake I'm like I was so fragile. Like, I did not know how to handle criticism at all. And it wasn't even criticism. I just didn't know how to handle failure. And obviously, when you're young and you're in a piano lesson, like, failure, quote, failure, like, the, the implications of that are super low. But as you get older, the implications and the stakes get higher. And I'm kind of like, you know what, Emily? Like, I am trying my best. Sometimes I'm, a lot of times I'm going to be wrong. And that's okay. I really don't want to let my fear of failure prevent me from putting myself out there. Um, I don't want to avoid challenges because I'm av I'm avoiding failure. I I want to get over this fear that I had for so long, and I want to 
ask for help more. I've been really good about that and I want to keep doing it. Asking for help is so important. And I think especially like as you get older and you start to get in college, like when you start to be immersed in more professional settings, like for example, when I joined a lab um, or let's say you join an internship at a company, like let's say you're in this environment for the first time, obviously you're not going to know what's going on. And I think it's scary. It can be really scary to ask for help at first. I remember when I first started lab, there was all this equipment and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, I'm too scared to ask for help. But I realized like it's so much better to ask for help than to kind of try to figure it out on yourself. Because honestly, when you try to figure it out for yourself and you genuinely have no idea what's going on, you're probably going to cause more damage. And I think in these professional settings, like, it's important to realize that things are rarely personal when you first begin. Like, you're just a new person. You're a student. You're, you're learning. I, hopefully, people understand that. And, I, I like, hopefully, they're understanding that you're going to be making mistakes on your first day, your first week, even your first year. Like, I still don't know what I'm doing in lab, honestly. But I'm learning, and I ask questions a lot. And... I think being okay with failing and making mistakes and showing that I don't know what's going on, that's been helping my my fear of, of not being perfect. The fourth tip that I have is to give yourself a reason to move on. And this is something that I didn't do in, my, in high school, which is why I would spend so long on assignments because I was like, I need to get this perfect. And so I would, I did this with my college essay. Like I, my application to Harvard, I didn't submit it until like a minute before the deadline because I was so stressed leading up to the deadline. I was like, what if it's not perfect? Like I'm gonna, I need to, I need to take as much time as I can and try to make it as perfect as possible. Even though if I had submitted it a minute before versus like a week before it would it's this it was the same application I didn't change anything it was just the idea that I had more time I was like okay I have this time why would I not take advantage of it and that was the perfectionism in me like I should have just submitted it when it was done but I spent the whole next week stressing out and being like oh no I'm not gonna submit it because like something could change but honestly I wish I just submitted it because I needed a reason to move on from that application because I had spent so long stressing out about it. And when it comes to assignments, I'm kind of like, okay, Emily, like this is a hard, obviously you have like your, your hard deadlines in classes, but sometimes I'm like, Emily, like you're going to stop thinking about it. You're going to stop thinking about it at this point in time because you need to, you need to move on. You need to get it done by a certain time. I'm not going to let you stress out about it anymore. I feel this way in particular with not like not, not school assignments anymore, but with clubs, like for example, this physician mentoring thing, I'm like, I could email every physician in this profile, in this catalog. So what's stopping me? But obviously that's going to take forever and I'm not going to let myself do that. But I'm like, the fact that I could do it means I should do it, but that's not true. Um, give yourself a reason to move on. Try to shut yourself down before you you let yourself get into this perfectionist space of overthinking that's what I have to say my last point um that I've been thinking about is remember that your best looks different depending on the circumstance I think the thing about perfectionism is like ever you always have this internal standard for yourself and if you don't meet that standard every time you beat yourself up for it but I realized like I think it's just because in college like I've experienced 
the clash between life and work and I feel like in high school it was so easy to kind of forget about life and to just immerse myself in work but in college like there have been real issues there have been real problems real things that I've been dealing with and like I've dealt with these things and I've still had to do school and it was just harder it's been harder in college I think and I'm beginning to realize like life affects you like things are going to affect you and humans aren't robots like you can't switch your brain off when you go to work and you can't like pretend like things in your personal life aren't an issue um and so sometimes like maybe you're just in a really burnt out and and horrible okay I don't want to say horrible because that's pretty extreme maybe you're just in a really rough patch at school at college maybe because something happened with a friend group or something happened with a relationship or you're just tired or you're just you're experiencing a lot of anxiety your best in that moment is probably not going to look like your best when you're mentally stable, let's be honest. But if you keep holding yourself to the same standard, no matter what kind of mental state you're in, like you're going to just beat yourself up more. And I've kind of I've learned to really adjust my standards to the particular phase in life, phase of life that I'm in. And once I've done that, it's just led to a lot more kindness to myself and it's I've been more understanding to myself and I do think the pandemic has been a huge thing because I think we've all just become more understanding of each other. Um, I know, for example, like in classes, a lot of my TFs and my professors are very much more understanding of these kinds of things because they understand the pan- that the pandemic had a huge toll on us mentally. Um, and I've been really grateful for that effect, actually. But I don't know. Your best is not always going to look the same. And that's okay because honestly... A lot of the times you are doing your best and it it might not feel like your best, but as long as you really just try your best, that's all you can do. And my dad always tells me that he's always like, as long as you try your best, that's, that's all like, you can't do anything more than that. Cause sometimes there's things you can't control. Sometimes you can't, you can't control what's happening in your life. You can't control your state of mind. You can't control how much time you have mostly. Um, so Anyway, your best looks different at any point in your life. That's all I have to say. I feel like I ranted, um, but I hope some of you can resonate with this idea of perfectionism and this pressure to overachieve because especially if you're pre-med, like I I don't know, I've been experiencing this pressure so much and it sucks, um, but we don't all have to have every single certification out there. We don't all have to write books. We don't all have to have a lab on top of a teaching position on top of our own private practice on top of a family we don't all have to do conference talks and write textbooks like you don't all we don't all have to do that and not every doctor is like that i think i just from what i saw my perspective in that moment that is what i thought all doctors were like but not all doctors are like that obviously so i hope that this made any sort of sense um because i'm sick and I feel like myself. I'm I'm fading right now. I can feel my brain fading. But I felt really passionate about that topic. So wanted to do a quick episode on that. I hope you guys have enjoyed my episodes here at Oxford. Um, I will say a lot of thoughts have come out of my mind in my six weeks here. And I'm so proud of myself for uploading consistently recently. I'm even though I love this podcast, it became really hard for me to upload consistently consistently for a while there. And I was also experiencing kind of like a burnout with inspiration. I didn't really know what to talk about. I felt like 
I didn't really care about anything. So I was like, I don't want to make an episode where I'm just like mindlessly talking. I want to make episodes about stuff I really care about. And recently I've been finding things I've, I really care about and I'm really proud of myself for that. Um, so I hope you guys have been enjoying them. I am going to go to sleep. Actually, I need to finish my essay and do my laundry. And I also think there might still be a pigeon outside. So I'm going to go check to see if the pigeon is still there. But anyway, thanks guys for staying to the end. And please stay tuned for next week's episode. Bye.